Welcome back to Daf HaShavua. As we study Maseches Kshavos, Daf Yud Gimel. Thank you to Rabbi Israeli for last week's year. We continue uh, with Daf Yud Gimel. Many of the issues that started in the last Mishnah on Daf Yud Beis. And then on Daf Yud Gimel, we seem to take a detour from talking about an Arusa to discussing a Punuya, but uh, we'll try to connect it together. And you'll see the same <coughs> Tanayim, authors of the Mishnah, in all of these Mishnayas, and they stay consistent with their debates. Now, in general, we have some real conflict sometimes in Halacha. I like to look at this sometimes as a heavyweight battle. Well, you'll have one value in one corner and another value in another corner. And then we need to look at some principles to see which one wins. I'll just give you a common example. Just a Shiloh that I had today. Somebody wants to have a bris. And on one hand, you want to have the bris as early in the morning as possible. That means that in one corner, you have his reason, Makdim and Mitzvos. On the other hand, there's this idea of Barova Hadras Melech. You want to praise Hashem with as many people as possible. Or you want to give kavod to grandparents. You put that into a different corner. And the question is, which one wins? With a bris, you try to reach some form of compromise and at least have the bris before chatzos. That's how some of the postkim will say. The situations, obviously, you could do it after chatzos as well. Um, especially if there's uh, no other option. But we come up with sometimes different principles that seem to conflict with each other. Now, this could be true in the realm of Isser, as well as in prohibitions, as well as in the realm of Mamanus. And I actually think this is somewhat of a theme. We're going to see Daf Yud Gimel, when we look into some of the poskim, we're going to see how there's sometimes more of a stringency for how we treat a mother than how we treat the child. And the Magid mission is going to say this child's not going to have any choice to marry someone else. The mother would have a choice. This is a situation where you turn the child into a mamzer or mamzeris out of a suffolk. But getting back to some of the conflicts, how do you take money away from someone? If I go over to Yankel Barrow and I say, listen, Yankel Barrow, I lent you a hundred bucks. I want the money back. And Yankel says, prove it. Then I have to prove it. <laughs> On the other hand, we also have an idea of a um, Bari Vishema a Bari Adif. We saw this last week. So let me just finish up on Hamotz Mechaver Olav Haraya. What's happening here is that the woman is trying to take money away from this man for the Ksuba. And at the same time, so a man comes up with a claim, as we're seeing in our cases, that, you know, I didn't find this woman to be a... uh, Basula. He's not doubtful about that. She assumes, let's say she agrees with it. She's quiet about it. 
or in our cases that we have starting last week and continuing this week, she gives a defense. So what's her side of it? If after all, if she wants to take any money away from this guy, now someone asked me from the Shir an interesting question. We were discussing and said maybe works the other way because you start off with the Ksuba as 200 and then you're trying, this guy's trying to reduce it. So maybe he should have to have proof. It's a beautiful question, but I want to explain that is not based on a document. You see, Aksuba is a document. You sign the Ksubo, and it seems in our Gemara that the Ksuba's effectiveness is actually from the time of Arison, not Nasuan. That's just the assumption that's being made in our Gemara. But that doesn't mean that she has $200 in the bank. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. We don't necessarily know who's going to die first. So, it, or if other situations are going to come up. So that's why the Hamotzmechavirel of Araya is the guy. It's his money that's being taken away because he has the money. But she has something going for her in all of these cases. Because when this guy says, Pesach Batsuach Matsatsi, or he says, I didn't find Dam Basulim. Even, and I want to go with the Dam Basulam, because remember we said earlier, Pesach Pesach Masasi, maybe he doesn't even know what he's talking about with her anatomy. But if you say there was no Dam found, and they used to have ways to verify whether there was Dam or not, so that could be 100% true. But it's only a Shema, it's only a maybe, if that took place because of any fault of hers. As we see in Aragamara, in these Mishnahis and in the Gemara, there could have been other situations. It could have been a situation, aside from the fact that she's from a family that maybe there's no dam, as we discussed earlier. But here she's actually giving a response. In one situation, she's saying that she was raped. That's what we saw last week. In our Gemara this week, she's saying that she's a mukasetz. Mukasetz means she has a ruptured hymen. Maybe she fell one time. Maybe some literally would, or something uh, wounded the hymen that makes it totally uh, go away. There is an interesting Shiloh, there's still part of the basulum that's there. So she's saying, I know for sure what happened, and this guy is only a maybe, and we have a general principle that a bari vashema, a bari adif. Now, this, which we don't have time for now, if we were learning this be'iyun, deeper, and I'm happy to share this with anyone, it's not so clear that a Bari Vashema, a Bari Adif, would be, a Bari Vashema, a Bari Adif is enough to take away money, because Hamotzi Mechavera is very strong, but what happens here, I'll just mention it, and this is actually discussed by the Postkim in the Beishmuel, it's really based on our Gemara, and the Rishonim on the Gemara, that at least in the rape case, she could have made a different Taina, she could have said that I'm a Mukas Eitz. Because you understand, if the woman is raped, then she is, although she obviously doesn't have to separate uh, from her husband, this is not going to be an Asr but she's not allowed to have relations with a Kohen, right? So it would be interesting, right? That's not interesting, it's tragic. If a husband would be a Kohen, then they wouldn't be able to be together. And if it's happening... Uh, 
even at a time, let's say, before marriage, if it's a, an ones that takes care of her, to, that, 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 takes, that happens to her. He's talking over here between the Irisin and the Nisuan time. Okay, so what I want to do is I gave you a lot of information. Now, how are these, everything that I said, how is this Halacha it's halachalamaisa because, first of all, especially when you're dealing with a Kohen, even the Gemara refers to that over here, that it's a, a ma'ala, it's a special elevated level. We see in our Gemara that, for example, if a Panuya, this is going to the, uh, not the first Mishnah, but the second Mishnah, if you have a woman who secludes, has yichud with a man, so... Rav, if you remember Rav, Rav is uh, very interested in keeping our society intact as a moral society. Rav was the one who we learned about in Aragamara, Mesechus Ksuvos, as well as back in Yavamas, if somebody had Kedushin with Bia, he said they should get Malchus Mardus. Malchus Mardus means when you violate a losase that has a masa, that has an action, on a Torah level, you get Malchus. When it comes to doing certain profane activities, Chazal have the right to give you Malchus. Malchus is called Malchus Mardus, is Malchus Drabbanan, for being uh, rebellious. Mardus is to be a merit, to be rebellious. And Rav is interested, not that he's interested, but Rav does this even to a person who, for example, gets engaged, has Ayerson, and has an Asuan a year later but didn't get to know the woman before Erison. You could end up having many problems that are generated with that if the couple doesn't know each other. So he required there to be an earlier stage, probably what we call today Kiddushin is something like that, Shiduchin. And in our Gemara, we have Rav being Malkus, uh, singles that have Yichud with each other, which could raise major issues, um, obviously into the future. If Yichud leads to beyond today we say Yichud is an Isser in its own right. So even preventing that. So you'd have to go into analysis of what exactly Rav's intention is. But we wouldn't say that an Isser would be created, which means that this woman can't uh, marry someone. Just because so they had Malkus of Yichud, we don't jump to that point. You see, we're not talking here about a Sota. But there is a restriction on marriage with a Kohen. That's a big problem, right? Just from Yichud. So how could you end up saying that's true? It's only a case where it's Malkus Mardus that's put into effect. How could you be so strict? So the Gemara says, because we're dealing here with a Kohen and we want to keep the lineage of a Kohen, assuming that this is a, a relationship that would be prohibited to then be with a Kohen, because the Stam relationship with Yisrael, who has no questionable status, shouldn't really be a problem. So the bottom line is we try to keep the lineage of a Kohen intact. And that's why there are going to be certain stringencies that will apply on a woman that wouldn't necessarily apply uh, if it was a question of her marrying a Yisrael. We happen to be recording this before Hanukkah, and you talk about the, the Yichus of the Kohanim, of the Hashemunayim, and how eventually some of that yichus got messed up a couple of generations uh, later.
when they were intermarriage and other types of prohibitions. What I want to do with the time remaining is I just want to go through some Rambams and Shulchan Aruchs to show you this uh, Halacha And this does come up, Halacha in ways that sometimes you wouldn't imagine where Rabbanim have to deal with some of these issues. Now, the way it's presented here in the Gemara, it's mostly all about the money, if I had to summarize the Gemara. When it comes up, that's not the question. The question is really, how do we deal with someone who is not a basula? Does she have to let her husband know? Again, forget about being a Kohen. You know, you want to have an honest relationship. And then there's the question about, do you put it into the Ksuba? We've discussed many of these issues before. Ramosha has beautiful chuvos on this topic, especially trying to encourage a basula, you know, not to be ashamed for her past if she's able to grow from it. But you get into questions, and if a guy ends up marrying a woman and he thinks that she's a basula, and she's and she's not, then maybe he's going to claim mekachtos. Now mekachtos sounds like a business mistake, but the way we'd say it today, even if halachically they'd be able to stay together, the guy is going to say, listen, what kind of trust am I going to have? This woman didn't even tell me about the most intimate things in life. You know, sometimes you try to protect something, but eventually it's going to come out. And even if it doesn't come out, it's not necessarily what's best for the relationship. So that's where some of these issues come up practically today, in addition to the calling issues that are major, major discussions. As I pointed out before, when uh, you see today, and you can't blame them emotionally, but when Kohanim fall in love with someone who they're not supposed to be with, which means a grusha, it means a woman who converted, and we're adding today from our Gemara a woman who is a zona. Zona is going to be defined as someone she had relations with that she's prohibited to have relations with. Now, when I say prohibited, not just from a moral perspective, but whether it's a question of um, psul, right? This is a person who's a mamzer, a person who's a cholol, a person who is uh, a karov, and rape as well, which again, doesn't mean that she's limited to marrying anyone else, but and it doesn't mean that she did what we would call mices in us. It's not her fault at all, chas v'shalom, but she'd be limited out of marrying a, a Kohen. These are big, big discussions. So I want to read to you from the Rambam. When the Rambam in Hilchas Ishus discusses, Hanoseis Apsula Shekzuvasa Masayim. So this is Halach Yud. He, he marries a woman, and the ksuba is 200. This is all based on our Gemara, but I want to see it spelled out in the I want to show it spelled out in the Rambam. Vitan v'omar lo besula. And bottom line is, she's not a besula. I had relations with her, and she's not a besula. So Bezdin, when he comes to Bezdin, remember he's going to come to Bezdin on Thursday. Shal and Osa im Amra MS. Who? They ask her, is this true? Lomitsaani Basula. So she says, Yes, it's true. But the reason I'm not a Basula is from Nation of Hikani eats Okarka. Something happened to to the hymen, 
Maybe I fell, maybe I was hit by a piece of wood or by the ground. Vahalchu besulai. And my, uh, I lost my besula, the status of being a besula. Now, it's interesting, I just want to point out that here, you know, there's still, the relationship's not getting messed up because of it. He, this is not a case where shavi nafshi chati chadi sura. This is my understanding of this Kumar. I'm happy for someone to disagree. Because he's basically just raising the question. He's not saying for sure she was with someone else, and therefore, if he would say, I know that she was with someone else, even though he doesn't really know, then Shavya Nafshi would apply. And even though she did not fully disclose her physical status to this guy, which may be, I don't know, you know, you'd have to find out what's better psychologically today, what's better from a truth-telling perspective. Does the guy want to know? Does he not want to know? I would assume a person would want to know, as well as the woman would want to know, about the background, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a deal-breaker. The Rambam says, bottom line, Harezu Nemenes, she's believed, Vitaxer Ksubasa Lamana. And the Ksuba goes to Amana. Now, why should it go to Amana? Why should we go from 200 to 100? So again, what's happening in this situation is she is still a not a full basula. Even though it's no fault of her own, you call this a neutral case. And I want to point out that if you remember the case from last week, in a situation where she is raped, and that's, she says, I was raped, there the ksuba is not going to be affected at all, even though she's no longer a basula. She's a baula. It's going to stay at 200. And uh, Rambam says over here, Afopisha Hutoin, Omer Shema, Ishba Alayach. Remember, his time is only a Shema. Vein Lach Klum, Ein Mashkichim Betanaso. Because she has a Bari, she has a definite, and he has a Shema. There's so much more to say, but I want to go to another fascinating halacha that comes up with the second Mishnah. So Penuya, and again, I'm going through the Rambam, the Shulchan Aruch is more or less the same. We have a case of a Penuya. So we have an unmarried woman, and now we have, and this is how you, the Rambam basically puts together the second Mishnah that we have. Remember, there's a Penuya, she has relations. In one situation, she just has relations. In the other situation, you actually see that she had relations because she's pregnant. And here we have that case. Penuya Shinas Abra Miznos. An unmarried woman becomes pregnant. Now, point out here it says nus, but she's not being called a zona. Here is nus is a promiscuous relationship. And it's important because the halach would be different if she would be considered to be a zona. Umrula, they say to her, you know, basically the Besden, what's the status of this uh, fetus? Now she's single. So the umrula here doesn't necessarily mean it's a taina that came into a Besden, but... They want to understand, you know, Chazal want to know, the rabbis want to know, because what we're concerned about over here is who did she have relations with? If she had relations with someone that she was us or to, aside from the fact that she shouldn't be with a uh, single man, but if it was someone that she was a karov to, if it was someone that she, uh, a non-Jew, then you're running into a situation if it was a... Uh, 
questionable status, then what's going to be with this child? So there's ramifications here beyond the woman. So they basically ask her, what's the status of this fetus or this child? And she says, it's the child of a man of 100% acceptable lineage. It was a regular Yisrael. So the bottom line is, the Rambam says, based on our Gemara, we believe her. And this little boy, or little girl, is going to be acceptable. We're not going to call him a chalo, we're not going to call him a mamzer, mamzeres, or anything like that. Now, it's an interesting Magen mission here in the Rambam. The Magen Mishnah says that really, you don't want to marry such a kid. A regular uh, Jewish shouldn't marry such a kid. But that's not how we all hold. And if you look at the Shulchan Aruch, Evan Ezer, Dawid Chavav, quotes this Rambam, there's absolutely no problem. And the way this comes up in a really beautiful way is where we're trying to protect the child is another halacha that comes up in Rambam Hilchos Yisurei Bia, Perak Yudches Halacha Yigimel. Listen carefully, it's going to get a little bit complex, but it's going to be worth it. If you have a uh, penuya, again, you have a single woman, someone had relations with her. We know that. And the guy went on his way. They say, who was this person? Who had relations with you? And she says, it was Adam Kasher. That's not surprising. In this situation, she would still be allowed to be a Kohen. And for sure, this is going to apply when it comes to the child being allowed to everyone. Now, the Rambam in Perak Yudches Halacha Yudalit makes a qualification. When it comes to the woman's status, we want to make sure that she's living in a community where the majority of the people were permissible to be with, that they're not mamzerim or chalolim, etc. There really needs to be a double majority, but we won't have a chance for that. When it comes to the kid, we didn't say that. In fact, the Rambam said that even if most of the people in that community are not acceptable, we're not going to restrict the child. So if someone, this woman has relations with a man and most, and the man, let's say, is from a community where most of the people are mamzerim, most of the people are Gentiles or the like, we're not going to restrict it. And the Magid Mission explains, very fascinating. He says that the rationale for this difference is that for the child there's no alternative. Because if we don't deem this child acceptable, then he's not going to be able to marry anyone within the Jewish nation. It's only a suffolk. So based on a suffolk, now it's true, we have the same rule as the mamzer. Again, mamzer and mamzeres can marry each other. And this person probably, now he wouldn't even be able to marry a mamzer or mamzeres. So you totally eliminate him because he's a totally suffolk situation, which goes both ways. So you do see over here the sensitivity that is coming out of these halachas. So again, bottom line, we've covered many halachas relating to his sta- the child status, especially the woman's status. 
the Gemara is presenting this from the financial perspective, but what I'm showing you is that there's a lot more to that. Have a great week of learning.